Welcome back to the Global Digital Banker. My name is Adele Grissav and this is RFI Group's Insight-backed podcast focused on key trends, thought leadership and best practice within the fast-growing and dynamic world of digital banking. This week, we take a look at the current state of fintech within Hong Kong. As of 2018, Hong Kong's fintech scene is absolutely thriving. This continuing development is due to a number of factors, including government support towards players within the ecosystem, increasing investment within Hong Kong fintechs, which has now more than doubled over the past 12 months, and consumer awareness continuing to rise with over one in four Hong Kong consumers aware of fintech providers within the country, which then increases to one in two consumers when prompted. We sat down with Torsten Tobiden, Deputy Head of Fintech at InvestHK, who shares the current state of the market, the ways in which fintech is evolving within Hong Kong, segments that are of growing interest, along with some great case studies from the region. Sarah Hollinshead here from the Global Digital Banker and pleased to be joined by Torsten Tobiden. Um, we're sat here at London Fintech Week, so thanks so much for joining me. Good morning and thank you for having me. So we're here today to talk about the fintech scene in Hong Kong and why this is becoming increasingly attractive to fintechs around the world um, and just the different moves and shakes that are going on in that area. So why don't you just sort of talk about the Hong Kong fintech space in your eyes? How is it continuing to change over recent times and, and just what's the update on the current state of the market? So we counted around 138 fintech companies in the beginning of 2016. Fast forward, we probably have nearer 200 fintech companies in Hong Kong now. And what is interesting to see that the fintech sector in Hong Kong is completely organically grown mm. and private sector led. So it's not the government that uh, sets the scene, so to speak. Well, it sets the scenes, but uh, it's, it's really the industry that develops their solutions for the banks and insurances. Because don't forget the whole rationale behind our fintech initiative is to really support the uh, financial services sector in Hong Kong to enable them to innovate legacy systems, replace legacy systems, to renovate them, to provide better digital experiences for end customers and come up with new and secure solutions for end customers. And of course, this needs some injection of innovation from, from outside Hong Kong. And it's interesting to see, coming back to the fintech ecosystem, that 40% of the founders of fintech companies in Hong Kong are from overseas. Mm -hmm. So it's a super international scene. Hong Kong, uh, being a hyper-capitalist society, if you want, uh, where the, the freedom of movement of goods, persons, services and money in and out of Hong Kong is really superior to, to other jurisdictions in the, mm. in the region. And you were talking about uh, some of the regulatory environments, and I do want to get back onto sure. that. Um, but before we do, you mentioned the amount of international companies, uh, fintech companies that are in Hong Kong, 40%, I think you said, are from overseas. How much is that is coming from China? Because the original story for Hong Kong was that it was sort of a stepping stone out of China into the rest of the world. Is that still the case or has it become its own place now for fintech innovation? So, so there's a huge influx from mainland China. There's even a trend of, uh, of a mainlandization happening. If you think that probably one in five Hong Kong residents are now born in mainland China. Mm. And uh, in the, on the business side, uh, what we are seeing that probably two thirds of mainland Chinese companies in any sector that are going outside mainland Chinese borders, they... Uh, start first in Hong Kong. So they set up operations in Hong Kong and they include the fintech arms, if you want, of the big 
e-commerce players such as Alibaba Group and Financial and, and Tencent and the likes, they obviously have operations and have had them for, for some years now in Hong Kong. And that's hugely exciting, I think, for overseas companies, you know, that have uh, North Asia and mainland China in their roadmap. Because basing themselves in Hong Kong, they can, uh, you know, rub shoulders with those mainland Chinese players. Yeah. And so in terms of the specific areas, you've mentioned Alibaba and Tencent, who are doing a lot in the payments space. Uh, Hong Kong also known a lot for uh, Investec, lots of stuff going on there. So can you tell us... Um, more about those subcategories where you're seeing the investment towards. That's right. So I think we we see um, a lot of stuff happening in the in the payment space. Yeah, you know, payments are red hot. Uh, paid tech is red hot in Hong Kong because of some regulatory changes that happened re- in recent years. So, for example, we have since October 2016 a stored value facility license, which enables companies to set up mobile wallets and issue e-money. And out of those 13 licenses that were granted so far by the Hong Kong Monetary Authority, those stored value facility licenses, six went to uh, mainland Chinese uh, companies. And uh, 12 out of the 13 went to non-banks. So so there's all those e-commerce players that are lining up Mm. to acquire this license and to get active in the mobile wallet uh, and mobile payments side of things. And uh, one company that has done particularly well out of this is TNG Wallet, mm. which is a Malaysian founder called Alex Kong, who set up his company three years ago. And TNG, fast forward, after raising 115 million US dollars in their Series A funding round in 2016, which was the biggest of that year, um, have now really reached new uh, heights by using this SVF license. Uh, for example, by November last year, they had reached 860 million transactions per month. Mm. Um, and it's interesting that they're serving the very highly overbanked uh, Hong Kong population through a payments, a mobile payment system that they're providing in 7-Eleven corner shops in Hong Kong. But at the same time, they are providing a solution that enables the underbank in Hong Kong, such as the, the large group of around to 300,000 domestic helpers to send small amounts of money and, and exchange money back to their countries of origin uh, in maybe Indonesia, Philippines. So, so this is very interesting use of this, of this license that even has an aspect of, of financial inclusion. Uh, we are in a new era of smart banking. And what it means is there will be new uh, features coming in later this year that are part of this new era. And one will be the faster payments uh, system that mm. will be introduced in September. Yeah. And another one will be the, uh, the virtual bank license that will come in. Yeah, so regulation then is there's lots of innovation that's really driving the changes in Hong Kong and also making it an attractive place for fintechs, which is you know absolutely what you're promoting from outside the Hong Kong and Asia region to, to launch in that market. Is there much discussions around open banking? Obviously, here in Europe, PSC2 and open banking is a massive topic. How much are you seeing uh, that as a focus of conversation in in Hong Kong? It's it's a huge topic. I've just had an interesting conversation with the general manager of the Hong Kong Fintech Association, uh, Mushir Ahmed, and he t- is telling me that this is this is a, a, a big topic, open banking. That is interesting. That of course the approach is slightly different. So it, the, the banks are not uh, not compelled to to share their data, 
but they may do so. And, and according to Mushir, banks are very interested in working, in partnering with fintech startups yeah. and really trying out new solutions and, and introducing new solutions for the benefit of end customers. This is something that will impact and will, will happen. Lots going on. <laughs> very exciting. Um, and so you are very involved in a Hong Kong Fintech Week, which is happening in September um, and very exciting. So what are some of the themes that you're expecting to come out of that? What are you excited about? So very excited about Hong Kong Fintech Week because we will probably be able to double the number of delegates from 4,000 to 8,000. We are at the Hong Kong Convention Center, which is a state-of-the-art exhibition center. In that exhibition center, we'll be given an 8,000 square meter space. So there will be ample opportunity for, for networking, for uh, engaging with key fintech players. So, so I think coming to the trends, uh, we will see a lot of focus on insure tech. Yeah. Um, we will learn about the use of AI and insurance. Uh, there's some very interesting challenges that need solving. Uh, for example, later this year, the new road bridge between Hong Kong, Zhuhai and Macau will be opened. And the vehicles driven over the bridge will cross three different jurisdictions and the vehicles will even have to change the side of the road. So, so there will be potential for insurtechs to come up with solutions for this kind of challenge. And coming back, I think regulation technology will remain a, a very big theme also for for the regulator and the Hong Kong Monetary Authority will be uh, heavily involved in our fintech week last year they announced a cooperation agreement with the MAS from Singapore this year surely there will be some announcements also uh, made at fintech week I'm not privy to that information as yet so that's that's regtech um, and I think there are of course many many other areas and one is, of course, the use of blockchain across the, the financial services sector. And again, I should remind listeners that uh, in Hong Kong, the government would like to help the financial services sector to stay relevant and stay competitive and stay as important as it is at the moment. I mean, at least we have uh, we are still the third largest global financial center. There is a lot of potential to improve the sector in terms of the regulatory compliance, in terms of the the efficiency of that and, and making those processes, uh, rationalize them and, and, of course, saving costs as, as we go along. Mm. Well, they have made efforts to make it an attractive place for fintechs to be. Are there any particular case studies or examples of fintechs that have um, gone over to Hong Kong that, you, that you'd like to share with our listeners that you're particularly proud of or uh, you think have an exciting future? Yes, I mean, there's one that has an exciting future and is already part of that future is ANX International. That has, uh, is, a, is a company that has uh, two of the co-founders are Brits. So it's a company, it's Hong Kong's largest blockchain player mm -hmm. that help banks to renovate legacy systems. And with 100 staff, they're already, even in global terms, one of the larger players in, in, in Hong Kong. So that's uh, one to watch in, in the blockchain space. Soon will be some announcement made by UK and other European fintech brands uh, that they will set up in Hong Kong. I think a couple of days ago, TransferWise have uh, announced uh, their arrival in Hong Kong. And uh, of course, we want to motivate those companies to also uh, you know, move their regional headquarters there to uh, motivate them to, to employ staff in Hong Kong and, and, and really engage with the market. Because, of course, in, in China and Hong Kong, it's still very important to have a, 
a physical presence and a personal presence in, in the market. Uh, how companies are go, going about this is by going through the accelerator programs, mm. which they find super useful. This is really the feedback we are getting. We now have five dedicated fintech accelerator programs in Hong Kong out of the recent cohort uh, of eight companies that went through the supercharger program. At least two, maybe three companies already have established a, a Hong Kong Limited and are now staying in Hong Kong because they understand that they have to be close to their clients. Mm. Obviously, you've, you've spoken about the regulatory side of things being attractive. From an in industry standpoint, there's real support there. And there's obviously, from you guys, real encouragement. What about Hong Kong from a consumer perspective is going to be attractive for fintechs? You've got high adoption rates, high digital engagement. Can you just talk more about that customer angle yeah. and that relationship sure. with fintech? You know, in Hong Kong, of course, we have the, the technical infrastructure. Uh, so we have... Uh, 30,000 wireless hotspots in Hong Kong, a population that is very mobile savvy. I think we have a, a smartphone penetration rate, so, so one and a half smartphones per, per capita that includes every granny and every baby in Hong Kong. <laughs> um, and that's even even not the latest figure. Uh, but uh, That is the difference, isn't it? It's that there isn't a generational gap that you get in well, the UK or other European markets where you've got really mobile savvy yeah. generation and then not, no engagement at all. Hong Kong is just, it doesn't matter what age you are. So, so smartphone penetration is very high and that is one element. Then, of course, you have a population that is very uh, you know, open to, uh, to new online delivered solutions. Uh, but of course, uh, you know, to, to put it in perspective, Hong Kong has the highest fintech adoption rate in Asia outside China. And uh, so we are very uh, excited about this. That this will create new opportunities for companies uh, that didn't exist before. Great overview of the fintech scene in Hong Kong, how it's growing. And you're doing a fantastic job in really promoting engagement in that region. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. To view the show notes from this episode, head to globaldigitalbanker.com. To get in touch with us, check out our Instagram, Global Digital Banker, Twitter at GDB Podcast, or on Facebook under Global Digital Banker Podcast. If you're interested in being a part of the show or would like to let us know what you think of this episode, email us at gdbpodcast at rfigroup.com.